Oh. M. Mom! Hi guys, welcome back to Give It To Me Straight, where we have bonanis and ovacaides. On the show today, we have the ice skating diva herself, Miss Denali Fox. Hi. Hello. Oh my God, was that a Vine reference? It was, because you're a Vine queen. You you're, cut. How did you know this? Yeah, no, just like <laughs> doing deep dive. Look at that. You're already getting the sound bite of the queen telling me I do my research. Yeah, you're a you big wow. Vine kid. Wow. Oh my God, this is like hot ones. Mm -hmm. You know? More or less. Yeah. yeah but, but like without the physical pain. Yeah. Well, except for drag, of course. And without the handsome bald guy. Yeah, and without the views. But you know, oh. we're getting there. We're working on it. <laughs> <laughs> Rome like halfway built. there, we have a bald guy. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Sometimes Daya was here uh, recently, <laughs> so you know we're on yeah. our way. Thank you so much for dressing as me. Yeah, I was like, let me find my most ice skatery looking outfit. It's literally a combination of icy spicy. Oh my god, are you are you Latina? You know, oh, I didn't ask to be born Latina. Medellin. Yeah, come on, city say maybe, <laughs> maybe. Quizás, quizás. <laughs> oh my god, the red lip. I really feel it. You look so cute. Someone has to. <laughs> Someone has to, you know. <laughs> Anyways, well, we're going to jump into this interview because, uh, you know, again, people are here for the guests, not for me. But No, everybody loves you. You're actually a beloved character in Chicago as well. If, if I self-deprecate and then you tell me, no, it makes it seem like I'm sad. You yeah. Know? You can't do that. You have to go along with it. You're like, oh, yeah, totally. No, yeah. And I think yeah. that's why, like, Shahara loves you so much is because they love leaning into self-deprecation. Yeah, they see me, like, sad and, like, deadpan. Yeah, they're like, we get it. We yeah. also want to jump. The real recognize real. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we haven't even talked about you at all. We haven't even talked yeah. about me. It's about me. Yeah, we're just going to spend this whole interview just talking about nonsense and just random stuff and not even get to any of the cards. Honestly, let's do it. That's yeah. fine. I'm excited to see what kind of read you have for me. What's going to be the the blurb the the like cutout that you use to market this video you just got on this show and you're already calling out the production secrets you're like I you're the everything. willem of give it to me straight yeah period except i don't have a nasty beard wait she did shave it yeah, yeah she's in a new era love you girl yeah new season new era honestly she's gorgeous. yeah without, without the beard <laughs> somebody <laughs> literally i think went up to her and said i will pay you 700 dollars to shave this beard right now i think it was at a gig it was at a meet and greet she was like all right done yeah but i don't think that she had heard that for the first time i think it was time to go but I love bearded queens. <laughs> <laughs> On to the interview now. We've got our we got our vocal warm up. We had a vocal warm up. We had a lovely yeah. conversation in the car. Yeah, yeah. We talked about life. Yeah. Love the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. Sucking <laughs> diabetes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> so your name is Denali, yes. which is a reference to like the territory that you were born in in Alaska. Yeah. But a lot of people don't know one of your first drag names was Tanya Hardon, oh. which is like a mix of kind of you know the campy fun style. I think it's a good drag name that mixes campy drag and like the ice skating reference. Yes. Why did you change it from that to Denali? Denali felt more meaningful. Tanya Hardon felt like I'm trying to be like a Hell's Kitchen camp queen that's mm -hmm. like hee hee ha ha and that is like not my style. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know. Yes, it has the figure skating background and there was a nod to that, but I just felt like I had to do that for like the formula of what you need to do as a drag queen. You know, they're like, what street did you grow up on? That's your porn no name or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's kind of felt like what I was doing. And I was like, that doesn't really like mean something to me as like a person or an artist. Um, yeah, so growing up in Alaska was just like a lot more meaningful. It actually is where my grandmother was hospitalized. She mm -hmm. was hospitalized at a place called the Denali Center. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like a tribute to her, but she was quite the wicked woman, to be honest, which I guess is fitting. <laughs> she was the wicked one? <laughs> she was a pretty wicked woman, yeah. She oh. was like a literal bruja. Yeah. Yeah. 
Did, did you like, were you obsessed with her in the same way that gays love Disney villains? Period. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, wait, are you putting a spell on someone? Yeah. Are you like <laughs> literally trying to like kill your neighbor? That's kind of sickening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you like work. Yeah. Oh my God. Did you jump out of a moving car? Period. <laughs> well, yeah. she has uh, brain damage, but. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to grandma. She's okay. She's in a different place now. This little end bit of the question has taken such a turn. I was like, let me, let me find the tone again. <laughs> Here, give it to me straight. We love our dead grandmas. Give it to me straight. Yeah. <gasps> Can you teach me some like straightisms? Straightisms? You know what my favorite one that I've been really enjoying lately but from the straight boys? What is it? Is, let's fucking go. Oh yeah, that's a solid one. It's like our like, yeah, slay work. You know, mm -hmm. it's like the equivalent. There is like a chart somewhere on Twitter that like translates each phrase. Yeah. It's like gay to straight and let's fucking go. I think it's just like, slay. I think it's like once the straight guys learn this motion, it's done. Oh, it's, it's over. over. What's there that? I think it's this. I think this is. I think it's yeah. that, right? Yeah, because let's fucking go. Yeah, and our I'm, I'm like, I'm like, oh, like your outfit is fierce, yeah. and the and the guys are like, dude, that fit, <laughs> dripping. Yeah, that's like, bitch, you look sickening. You know, it's like because at the end of the day, we're all the same. You know, we're all just mm. we're all just little animals. We're all. Oh my god, this is what my mom, my drag mother, told me. She was like, we are all just meat sacks puppeted by chemicals. Who said that? My drag mother. Like a drag mother. Her no. name's Camilla Fox. Go follow her. But she was like, we're all just a bunch. We were so high by the river. And she was like, we're all just a bunch of meat sacks puppeted by chemicals. And I was like, like something like your dad would say. He's like radiologist, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like something like he, like he would tell you. I'm so scared. Oh, no. <laughs> what else do you know about me? I'm so excited. Too much, too much. But I won't ask too much because if, if I say too much, the fans learn too much and we have to No, keep it's that okay. Level. Yeah. It's okay. I yeah. mean, yeah. So your home address was. No. <laughs> <laughs> so aside from like ice skating and yeah. martial arts, which we'll get into in a little bit, what else does a kid growing up in Alaska do? God. Uh, I, feel, I feel like that's public information. That's it is impressive. public information. Yeah, yeah. I just still think it's impressive. Yeah. Um, in Alaska, you either ski, you ice skate or play hockey, or you get into meth. Oh. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not really too far off from like the Midwest, except oh, with ice. Midwest on oh, ice. New production <laughs> coming soon. Yeah, no, I mean, there's really nothing to do up there. So I don't know. I really wasn't exposed to anything gay. And the ice rink was my escape for that because there was frilly little men in sparkles with mm. bent wrists that were doing like layback and camel spins. And I was like, I think I'm obsessed with this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I didn't come it was, out. It was the most exciting thing happening. Literally. Otherwise, it was just like, oh, barren Iceland with nothing but snow. Have you seen Ice Age? It's literally that. I was literally just like a rat looking for acorns all the time. Mm. I, was, I thought you were going to say you're more like just like the Sid, just kind of bumbling through. Bumbling oh, you think along. I'm the Sid? Well, I think he has a scene in the movie where he like skating on ice, I think. I think you're right. I think so. You know what? Maybe I am the Sid. But you have a black belt in Taekwondo. Yeah. And you're also a world-renowned ice skater. Your mom was also involved in ice skating and Taekwondo as well. Is she the one that helped inspire you? Did she like push you towards yeah. those things? Or yeah. was it a, you just saw it and were like, I want to be like mom? My mom's love language was like, work harder, skate faster, run faster, like run longer. Like, I literally have a vivid memory of her being like, it doesn't matter what your body looks like, it's what your body can do. Like, and I was like seven. <laughs> And then, like, she also used to, like, bribe us. She'd be like, I don't care. Like, get good grades or whatever. Mm -hmm. But she was like, if you want this toy, you need to, like, get your splits by the end of the summer. Or oh you need gosh. to run eight miles today. She was like Tanya Harding's mom. She was like, literally crazy. She was a tiger mom, but she didn't want to, like, say it. Yeah. Yeah. She was like a tiger mom, but, like, from the distance. Mm -hmm. Kind of lived for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it worked out in your case, though. Yeah. You know? Now that I'm, like, emotionally deprived, wanting my mother's love and, like, 
It was great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, sh it shaped you into the person you are today. It shaped my better, work ethic and it tarnished my emotional development. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's all trade offs, right? Yeah. 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 I was going to ask because I feel like you're also, you're incredibly talented. Thanks. You're very successful and great at everything you've done thus oh. far. And you're also like very funny. And so I'm, I was wondering, like, where's the trauma? You think I'm funny? Yeah, I think so. I know, so. right? I feel like comedy girls are always like, oh, I'm making up for not being pretty, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it seems like you have a lot of things like lining up for you. So I'm like, where's the trauma? Because you can't have all this and be funny without yeah. something traumatic it's, happening. It's definitely it's way down in Your there. upbringing. Yeah, my upbringing. That makes sense. For sure. That makes sense. <laughs> Figure skating in a, in, its, in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> there's the trauma. <laughs> do you think there are any like chemically balanced figure skaters out there? Or do you think that's very far and in between? <sighs> Actually, no. <laughs> like, it's really such an extremist sport. It attracts the most socially awkward kids because it's mm -hmm. like, all I want to do is skate. And like, but that comes from like, also like a place of like, yeah, like, it just trickles down from like a family thing. Like, we're in this really intense, very specified artistic sport. I don't know how to describe it. It's that whole tiger mom kind of yeah. feel where it's like, it's a very privileged space to be in, but at the same time, there's a lot of toxicity within it. Mm. So yeah, just like Drag Race. Yeah, that's it, RuPaul's Drag <laughs> So why do you think I ended up here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like the Venn diagram. It's more of a circle. Literally, it really yeah. is. It's yeah. just like, hello, same thing, yeah. <laughs> with your Taekwondo background, have you ever had to use your Taekwondo skills in the wild? With oh my God, that's a great question. Or? I haven't, but I know like, most people get into martial arts because they fantasize about that. They're mm -hmm. like, oh my God, I just like really want to be in a fight one day. Mm -hmm. And that's what Taekwondo is about. It's about like actual self-defense and not like, I'm going to attack you. It's literally like if someone's attacking you, you have the ability to, and usually it's with kicking and legs, mm -hmm. defend yourself and like get away. But yeah, no, I honestly didn't really enjoy it. I just wanted to do something like artistic. There's like the patterns yeah. portion of it. And that was kind of like a dance to me. So I was always like, mm, 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 mm. but the rest of it, I was like, fuck, this is too masculine. I hated it. Like, at the Taekwondo class, it's like a mix of kids. You have the kids that are like, yeah, I just want to fight somebody. And yeah. you're back there like, No, literally. I was like, shoot, shoot, shoot. You had to like breathe yeah. with every like movement and yeah. stuff like that. Like 100%. <laughs> yeah. Literally, no. Like, the rest of it, I was like, no, fuck this. It's too masculine. What's the one? What's Krav Maga? Isn't that like where you fight with random weapons and stuff? Isn't that the one what? that like Krav Maga? Isn't that the crazy one? Never the heard of that. self-defense one. I don't know. Krav Maga? Krav Maga. Something like that. That sounds Maga, like a country like singer. Maga. Or like a mac and cheese brand. <laughs> that sounds like Krav. Krav Maga mac and cheese. Krav Maga mac and cheese what's here at Madeline Morphosis. What's the one that like women always take? Like Women? Like it was like self defense. Tai Chi? Self defense classes. I thought Tai Chi was like yoga. Tai Chi is like calm, like. There's like one, based. it's like self defense classes for women, but it's like a certain martial art, I thought. I don't know. I don't fight. I carry pepper spray, so I don't. I don't know. There you go. Yeah. I mean, do you have you ever used it? Not yet, but I think in the same way that like people take Taekwondo classes yeah. to fantasize about fighting people, I'm just like, once I have it, I'm just like, I'm just waiting. I'm like, I wish someone. Would. I see. That's the thing. I feel like it's like a gun thing. Would. It's like something in the psychology yeah. where it's like you only want to own a gun because you fantasize about. Yeah that situation so you can tell people later and be like i shot that guy down who came into my house and he See, had no chance like i don't know that's 100 percent. what having pepper spray made me 100 percent like people don't need guns because I, I have pepper spray and it makes me want to use it so i'm like people don't need guns and that's why you're straight because <laughs> I'm, I'm not straight enough to buy a gun right but, you know i'm like i'm the bridge between worlds <laughs> so you started ice skating whenever you were very young and i think a lot of people know of you ice skating but mm -hmm. don't know exactly how accomplished you are in ice skating between like 
the medals you've won and like traveling the world. How run us through the timeline of like starting off as a kid, touching the ice for the first time, to like winning national gold medals. Like walk us through that timeline. Oh my god! Give us um, the, the bullet points. I started skating when I was five years old. I wanted to be just like my sister. I was literally the gayest thing. I don't know how my parents denied it in any way. I literally just wanted to like twirl around the house just like her. She was just gorgeous. She was just so beautiful on the ice. And it wasn't like the athleticism that attracted me. It was literally the aesthetic mm -hmm. of like, wow, you can literally fly around on the on land and like make this pretty dance. It was, it's just like so entrancing. So I started there and then I got super involved in it by the time I was like eight or nine. But in Alaska, there's no proper training. So I was like already like for like five years, I just was like I had this Olympic dream, but I was like, there's nothing I can do. And I had this small town syndrome growing within me from like eight years old. Mm -hmm. Small towns can either like make or break you. I think a lot of my friends mm -hmm. fell under that small town syndrome. They're like, I'm fine. I'm fine doing this. And I'll never judge those people for doing that. But I'm like so, so glad I got out. And I look back at all of that thinking like, I'm so glad that I had that anxiety when I was a kid being like, the world has to be bigger than this mm -hmm. fucking town in Alaska. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Rest assured, the world is much bigger than Fairbanks, oh Alaska. God, yeah. Thank yeah. God. Because look at me now. I'm in Madame Morphe's living room. I know. You know, it's just you made it. I really did. Yeah. All the gold medals, getting on Drag Race, it's led you to this point. It's led me to right here. The peak. Honestly, though, it really is the peak. I, I don't know. But, but yeah, I think... Growing up in a small town really helped me because I want to be like, I need to get the fuck out of here. Um, and then, yeah, I, I ended up moving to Salt Lake City when I was 14 all by myself. Mm -hmm. It was crazy. I was way too young to have left the house. But my parents were like, yeah, sure, you're ready. I lived with a host family for a year and a half. And then I lived on my own from 16 on. And I trained at the Olympic Training Center in Salt Lake City with like Nathan Chen and like a lot of the Olympians that we're seeing like in the mix of it now. Our generation is kind of finishing out and the next generation is starting to come about, but like 30, I'm 30 mm -hmm. and I feel like 30 is super old for male skaters. So like- So you're entering like your coach era. Yeah, we're like entering the coach era, we're like leaving. Um, but I, qual I, I made it to like five national championships, I think. But I only medaled at one. I wasn't actually that competitive. Mm -hmm. Having that early on training is like super important. Mm -hmm. And like kids will start in Olympic programs by the time like four or five. So for me, starting at like 14 was super late. So I was good, but I wasn't like Olympic mm -hmm. great. Um, and that's kind of always been the theme of my life has been like Jane of all trains, master of none. But I finished skating and um, I competed until I was about 18. I broke my ankle heading into this national championships and then like didn't recover for like six months. And after that, it just changed my perspective on competitive figure skating. And I was like, I don't want to compete. I just want to do shows. So I transitioned from competitive figure skating to professional, which is where you do it to get paid. Mm. You like skate for shows. It's very Disney on ice, cruise ships. That's where you're doing like Cirque du Soleil yes. and the cruise ship. Yes, that's when like I started that. on cruise ships. And it was fun, but that lifestyle gets really old after a while. It's really confining. You know, you're, it's cute for your young 20s, but after you, I was like 22, 23, 24, and by the time I was like 25, I was like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. Again, it was that like small town syndrome. It yeah. just like repeats in my life, that wave. 
And I was like, I got to finish with this. And that's when drag came into my life. So it was like, I, I was going to skating, professional skating drag. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask because like, like how successful you did have a relatively successful career for someone, especially starting as late as you did. Yeah. But at what point did you decide I'm going to be the first like one of the first like drag queens on yeah. ice? Like, when did you make the decision where like, I want to do this with unblended eyeshadow? Like, this is where... <laughs> oh, that's the one. There it is. That's Boop the boom. one. Welcome to Maddie's show. <laughs> <laughs> There's the sound bite. It, it was like on the cruise ships, Yeah, right? it definitely didn't blend for a while. Um, it was on the cruise ships. Yeah, I was introduced to Drag Race through like f Fridays. We would all get together and like, there's a lot of gays obviously in like the, the park industry, you know, like theme parks, Disney, um, cruise ships. We would all get together on Sundays, I think it was, and watch Drag Race. I think it was season five that the f that was the first one that I watched. And I was like, this is kind of sickening and I think I could do this. I was just like a skinny skater twink with a fat ass. And I was like, I feel like I could, I could make this work. You're like, all the pieces are there. All the pieces are <laughs> literally there. Didn't you? I always Stars looked at my legs when I was young and I was like, these are so feminine. I hate them. I want to be a boy. Uh -huh. And then I was like, wait. I can be a drag queen and this can work. Now I'm like going to the gym. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what am I doing? But um, yeah, uh, I started on cruise ships. It was just bad, like very bad unblended eyeshadow drag. It was <laughs> uh, Selena Knight's back in the back mm -hmm. deck. Shitty lipstick. Yeah. It's uh, like Craigslist personals on ice. <laughs> literally, it yeah. was rough. But it, it was where the spark started and then and yeah, and then I blended the two just because, you know, Drag Race teaches you to be your own unique, like, like what's unique about you. There's so many of us cross-dressers now, and we're all circulating the same bullshit all mm -hmm. the time, the same references, the same wig styles, the same trends. So I was like, what if I just put my skating and drag together? And yep. then that's when Drag Race called, so. Well, with, like, finding a niche that's, like, really unique, mm -hmm. uh, pr before you, there was another drag queen, Milk. Milky. also was, at that point, was kind of a renowned ice skater on top of being yeah. a now famous drag queen because yeah. of Drag Race. Yeah. Right around the time you started watching Drag Race. Yeah. So whenever you saw that, was that more of, like, an inspiration or more of a, uh, oh, fuck, now it's the one I have to compare myself to? Kind of, but we are so different, even as skaters and mm -hmm. drag queens. Like, her drag style is so, it's so obscure and it was so, like, different even for its time. Um, and mine, honestly, when I went on Drag Race was just, it was very young. It was very basic. It was very, like, I'm just starting out in drag and that's what it was giving. Um, and then in terms of skating, she did ice dance, which is kind of like, it's like ballroom dancing on ice. So it's mm -hmm. just kind of like a, literally about the dancing. And I was more of like a trickster. I liked to, to do the stunts and stuff like that and so I was more freestyle skater is what they mm. call this so even our skating styles were so different so I never felt like oh my god somebody stole my thing because I already knew that we were super different but I love her she's incredible with all the uh, avenues that you have pursued at what like what was your parents reaction when you said oh I'm gonna be a drag queen now my parents have never had a lot of emotional involvement in my life, to be honest. So when I did that, they were kind of just like, okay, like, I don't know. Since I left the house at 14, I was always making my own decisions and just kind of like doing my own shit. So I don't know. Like, mm -hmm. I think like deep down, my mom was a little uncomfortable with it. But like, my mom just wanted to make sure I was like financially stable. And once mm -hmm. she found out I could make a lot more money doing drag than I mm -hmm. ever like 
had in my life. She was like, oh, keep keep it up. Tuck those balls away, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go buy yourself a house with that nasty bra you keep it, wearing. Is she almost, is, <laughs> is she almost like full Tiger Mom with drag now where she's like, you need to be doing this. Right? No. I really think you should push, no? No, literally not at all. Mm. She's quite detached, to be honest. I don't know. I'm like not very close to my family. <laughs> I think that that's what chosen family is all about. Yeah, I this, think this interview is a cry for help. It might honestly be. <laughs> I love you, mom. <laughs> uh, now RuPaul's my mommy now. <laughs> but you did find success in drag very quickly because mm. you started drag in about 2018. And when you got the call for Drag Race, they called you early 2020. Yeah. And you started to film and everything. Yeah. So do you think that, were you ready at that time? Or no. Did you think you needed, no, you needed more God, time in no. the I was not ready at all. And I look back at it and I'm like, my, the fact that I even have fans or like people that liked what they saw from that first season gagged mm -hmm. me because I was so not ready. I had the professional things to make yourself a good performer mm -hmm. ready at that point. The dance abilities, the showmanship or whatnot. My drag abilities were so bad. You know, I'd never painted anyone else. I'd never worn a corset. Mm -hmm. I'd never worn a gown. I'd definitely never sewn anything. So I just kind of got lucky with my, with even making it halfway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, I felt very lucky to be there. People were like, robbed, queen, robbed, and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, keep that, yeah. keep that going. <laughs> like that commentary for sure. Cause I did not feel that when I was there and rewatching it too. I was like, wow, I am so unblended. I have, there's this one scene in Untucked. It's just like the side of my face. I'm like crying to Rosé before I like go out and do pure love. Mm. And it looks like somebody just like, like, like what is that term where like Sanchez, like it's like a sex term with poop. Oh, Dirty Sanchez. Dirty Sanchez. It oh. literally looks like someone Dirty Sanchez'd my chin. Oh no. It's just like harsh brick brown line. Mm. I'm like, wow. I just, I was one of those Drag Race babies. I wanted to be on Drag Race. Mm -hmm. But actually understanding what it entailed, I don't think I really knew that until I was there. And I was like, fuck, like, wow, this is way harder than it looks. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I could have waited like one or two more years. A little more time in that. Yeah. Then. But I'm glad it happened when it happened. And now with the thrust of being into the like drag race working mm -hmm. universe, the improvement has been tenfold just from like experience and in life. And I'm just like happy to be. I'm happy to have like literally have done drag for two years and then have been like yeah up to now international superstar crazy yeah Rose and I were talking about this yesterday that like this is your Olympic moment you didn't get this to have is my yeah moment. let me have it Gregory <laughs> yeah a little bit that, that was my Vietnam <laughs> oh God yeah. <laughs> oh my God can you say that well you're Latina I don't know <laughs> I don't know how to practice them but you know <laughs> was that your first year auditioning like just one and done. No, actually, it was my second. First year, again, I was like, imagine, I was like three months in. Hold on. Yeah. <clears throat> Pride. Yeah. <laughs> I was like three months into drag, and I was like, yeah, I can, I can do this, idiot. But it was mostly like, I knew I wasn't ready. I just wanted to go through the process to make it easier for the next year. And it did make it a lot easier. And it puts your name in the pool, and they can kind of see your, yeah. your improvement. So... I think that that's really like when people tell me like, should I audition? I'm like, just put it out there because you never know like what they're going to see in terms of like growth or whatever, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, I, I, I still wasn't even ready, though, after the second year. That was crazy. Yeah, <laughs> they called you anyway. That was so crazy. That was, you're so quirky. Yeah, I'm just so crazy. Like Man, that time you went on national TV. Uh, <laughs> you're so random. So crazy. Random. <laughs> 
<laughs> Whenever you first came in the workroom, you're the first queen to walk in the workroom wearing skates. Her. You're clomping around, and they make you lip sync immediately. Clomping around. Clomping around. I clomp. Skates. You clomp. Yeah, you, well, you're yeah. clomping. And so you lip sync, and you clamped. And then I clamped. Clamped. Yeah, because girls clamp. Are you a girl that clomps? Or are, are you, you a, a bitch, bitch that, that clamps? clamps? <laughs> 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 bitch, I'm a bitch that fucking clamps. You better believe it. But my question is, like, walking around like, on skates on all these floors, yeah. how badly did you fuck up their floors? I Episode one. fucked it up. They were like, it's concrete over like maybe six or seven layers of just paint. Mm-hmm. It's literally in the nastiest floor ever. Also, all of the fucking, uh, 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 what are they called? The pit crew? Mm-hmm. All the pit crew that just walk around barefoot like that. You know, Willem always calls them out of the podcast. Yeah. It's disgusting. They probably had the nastiest feet. When we did the baby challenge, we were rolling around on that um, workroom floor. And afterwards, I had this like pink onesie. It was brown on like the hands mm-hmm. and the feet. Like brown it was disgusting um yeah well i don't care that i work like cut up their floors like they like ruined my drag race experience from that first episode that is in history the worst rated first episode of rupaul's drag race ever oh shout out yeah good ideas good job mandy that was fun Mm -hmm. (laughs) good job just out of my own curiosity like were those skates expensive are they like expensive okay no those were like costume skates that I found at a store oh, that happened okay. to be my size. I think they were $25. I was wondering, because I was like, I know that those are like competition skates. Oh, it's no. gotta be, yeah. Most of my competition skates are black. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm boring. You know, mm-hmm. XY chromosome skates. Um, but the girls girls have white skates. Yeah. What, is, what does Kennedy say? White stockings. <laughs> white white stockings, stockings, white, white skates. skates. Don't, don't belong in the church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't belong in the workroom either. But I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. That first episode sucked, so I'm gonna cut up your fucking floors. Mm-hmm. Imagine walking to Drag Race, losing lip sync, and then they're like, "Which loser in here looks the ugliest?" Yeah, eliminate them. On our season, they're probably like, "So you're gonna walk in for the first shot. There's a big scuff mark in the middle. You're gonna hit that. So you got your mark. <laughs> That's Denali's nasty ass skank yeah. white boot foot mark that she made when she came to the workroom. Yeah, because we didn't let her." change her skates we didn't even move into the workroom until episode four no three three it was ridiculous the other team already moved in mm-hmm. it was such a whatever the riggery the cedric rig- riggery of it all ah. rigor morris that's funny thank you you fucking i don't know if i'm allowed to make harry potter jokes references yeah i don't know you should see me and my friends it's like I'm problematic sure. city. People don't even know. Some of y'all, some of y'all's faves are the most problematic people behind the scenes. Hi. Yeah, live <laughs> your truth. <laughs> Me and JK, besties. <laughs> You're like, hey girl. Hey girl, He's you like, hate hey. the trongs. <laughs> I always sent me and God make love pushing the line too. I'm always texting her and I'm always like, there's only two. Pick. <laughs> Leave it in. Uh, and I love her always saying, hey trongs. Just I'll anytime. You. anybody. Shit, straight, cis, trans, mm-hmm. a dog. Hey, trans. She's she just like Carrie, which is everybody is just a walking trans person. Yeah, well, game. honestly, just... everybody is, though. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like a little bit like, come Technically, on. Maddie. If you're living, like if you are a, a male, if you're trans, we all start out female. Oh, period. Yeah. And honestly, we're all a little this or that in terms of presentation, the spectrum. And Maddie, you are one that has been hot in the presses in terms of Trons or not? Trons? Trons? Even, even if I wanted to trans, I can't. It'll ruin my whole brand. Even if I know? wanted to trans, I can't. Yeah. 
Even if I want to do trounce, yeah. I can't. <laughs> no, no, that's just how me and my friends talk. We see each other every day. We're like, hey, trounce. <laughs> cis men. Just like uh-huh. a group of cis just men. Just the guy at the Wendy's. Just hey, like, hey, trounce. Okay. I say that. Oh, my God. Yeah, especially to straight men. It's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Hey, trounce. <laughs> hey, trounce. <laughs> <laughs> well, back on topic. <laughs> Entering the workroom, and even the, despite the fact that you were only doing drag for like a couple years, mm-hmm. I would say that objectively, like you had very good drag. Like you had Thank nice you. costumes, you had really good makeup, really? great performance. I think so. Wow. Compared to like a lot of drag race queens, absolutely. That's really but sweet of you. I know a lot of drag queens that have been doing drags for years, decades, yeah. crunchy the whole time. So how would you? How, how did you get to as polished as your drag is in such a short amount of time? Is it the work ethic? Mm-hmm. From your previous escapades, or was it something, or was it just like growing up in a scene like Chicago that like pushed you? I think it's Chicago. I think it was Chicago. Chicago is really fierce, and Chicago is very judgmental. <laughs> Chicago taught me to be like very like judgmental of myself almost, and mm. like in a way just like push myself. But probably a mix of the skating world and just a lot of different spaces that were very observatory. <clears throat> Sorry, I guess. But even looking back at like my package i'm like god this is just a bunch of dance costumes because that's what i was yeah i was the dancer girl in chicago that's all i knew and so i'm going to drag race being like yeah this is enough but girl got mm-hmm. mick being there with like <laughs> fucking like jeremy scott and it got, got mick's the opposite right i don't think she had a single leotard in literally her, 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 yeah it's like what is drag i don't even know i only know <laughs> 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 yeah if you're not ready for Maybe. project runway you're not doing drag period at this mm. point jesus christ yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna like take off half of this oh just a little tease yeah just like a yeah just some light trance just a light trance yeah for your nerves light trance Anywho. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, let's train a thought here. You lost your trauma thought? I lost my trauma thought. <laughs> but you were well, a performance girly. So like 90s house is right up in your alley. Period. Right right in your wheelhouse. Yes. So you're going to this lip sync. Yes. Performance outfit for the yeah. most part. Yeah. 90s house. Yeah. Across from you is Kamora Hall. You know what she's capable of. And she's in a Bob Mackie she can't move yeah. in. Set the scene. What's your mindset when it, seeing all this before you? At that point, I was like... Somebody had told me they were like, save your tricks if you're an assassin. Like, space things out. You have a lot of lip syncs ahead of you. And I was like, I literally could potentially be going home first Mm -hmm. on RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. And I'm not going to do that. We were in a tucked and she, like, held my hands for a moment before we went out. And and then I was like, Kamora, I love you. I'm not holding back. (laughs) And she was literally, she, like, did, like, a cartoon gulp. And she was like, I know. It was truly, I was just, she knows me as the performer, you know, in Chicago. And we had gone through the whole audition process together. Mm-hmm. So we knew each other so well. And she's so fucking stunning. But like, yeah, I was like, I feel like it was just handed to me. It was a bit produced. They were, you know, they asked you like what you like to dance to when you like do your lip syncs. And I said 90s house. And I was giving Crystal Waters, for God's sake. She's mm-hmm. like the queen of 90s house. And um, and when I got the iPods, I, I was like, I really hope I get this song. I like really, really, really love this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course I got it and yeah, I, you know, a little insider tea, I had a corset on for the runway. And then I found out I was in the bottom. I asked if I could go to the bathroom during our break, took my corset off, shoved it underneath like a cupboard. I don't know, like mm-hmm. all these paper towels, put it on top so no one could see. And then I went back on on the, drag, uh, on the runway mm-hmm. so I could feel a little looser. And then I just ate it up and I completely blacked out. I don't remember a thing. <laughs> I really don't. 
I don't remember doing any of that. Uh-huh. And I rewatched it and I was like, people were commenting like, girl, stop. She's already dead. And that's literally how I felt watching it. I was like, what are you, why are you doing Like watching it back, you're like, fuck yeah, dude. I, I was like, yo, let's fucking go. No, I was like, what the fuck? It was too much, but it was kind of iconic. And like, yeah, you, did, you did do the most. Like, Kimura's just like fighting for her life and you're just like bouncing around like a Looney Tunes character, essentially. <laughs> right. Voguing. No, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I was no-ging. Mm-hmm. But... Vaguing. I was vaguing. I was yeah. vague-booking. <laughs> <laughs> no, and you know, that got a lot of flack for a while, too. We're in this conversation about like, you know, drag race girls appropriating vogue mm-hmm. culture a lot. And I think it's actually an important conversation to be had. But like, I... At the end of the day, I'm a performer. I yeah. was like, I love voguing and I'm going to embody the song that I'm mm-hmm. given. So I'm going to do my best to You're just vogue. a broke Chicago girl fighting for her life. I was doing my best You're trying to do a little best. butt kick one too. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's iconic and people to this day tell me that like they watch it to go to the gym and wake up in the morning and like that's all I really could care mm-hmm. about. It's just like if it motivates you, fierce. That's fierce. Yeah. Hey, that's, that's kind of fierce. Hey, let's fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> but another another thing on the show you were known for was your relationship with Rose, Dub oh, Rose Nolly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it seems like a lot of seasons going forward have designated couples. Yeah, with like ever um, since Branchy, they were like, "This is something that works. We're gonna make it happen yeah. every season." We had like Rose Nolly, Camgeria, even Georges and Orion. There was Robin and Amethyst. Do you think that like the um, the added in like romance storyline adds something to no. Drag Race, or do you? Yeah, do you think that. Production needs to stop writing fanfic. They need to stop it. It's yeah. so gross. I mean, I was given like a Reddit fanfiction subreddit where like me and Rose, there was a diaper involved. That's all I'll say. Oh. That's all I'm going to say. Stop it. It's well, weird and it's invasive and it's non-consensual and I don't like it. And we're going to do a reading <laughs> of that right after this break. No. Oh, Rose opened Denali's diaper. <laughs> He said, uh-oh, stinky. Ooh, dirty Sanchez on your chin. Time to clean that up. You <laughs> love a callback. That's so gross. Um, no, I don't know. I don't think it adds anything to it. I think that they saw that it was something that could be exciting mm-hmm. from like a... I don't know. I don't know. It's just like, I guess, the Brangy thing. Mm-hmm. But did that really pop off? I think it did. I think if I, I'm pretty close to Brooklyn, and she tells me that to this day, people still talk about Brangy and you know Rosnali like I think mostly people just people enjoy seeing drag queens being natural friends with each other mm-hmm. and I think that that's really what they want to see I don't really think that they a, a larger portion of the audience a smaller portion of the audience does fantasize about them like untucking each other excuse me while yeah. I do that I, I've seen I've seen some of the fan fiction too oh god wait really yeah about you I've seen some of like about me or like <sighs> Yeah, just like random cast members on yeah. a season. Bosco has a lot of fan fiction about oh, Bosco. Oh, that checks out. The Diabetti Bosco t-shirt. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. seen fan fiction about them. That there, did kind of do something to someone me. Someone actually wrote, but it's weird because they don't write fan fiction of like they met in the workroom backstage. It's like they write it as if like we went to high school together and then we're all hanging out. It's weird. I don't know. I think that we're just subversive sexual creatures and people like want to like I guess. explore that because they haven't ever explored yeah. their own. Well, like you said earlier, we're just pieces of meat. What was it you said? Oh, meat right. bags, con- puppets controlled by... Meat puppets controlled by chemicals. Yeah, I'm just... We're all pieces of meat, essentially. Yeah. But despite the Rose and Ollie storyline, yeah. you you and Rose both actually had partners back home at the yeah. time. Yeah, it well, was a little awkward. Yeah, I was going to say, what was it like going back home and telling your partner to be like, okay, so... 
on the first couple episodes, this yeah. is going to happen. Yeah. And yeah. What was that like? I mean, it's funny because at the time we were so sensitive to it. We were like, oh my God, what are our boyfriends going to think about it? And now like, we're like both living our lives very much differently in terms of our person. Well, I'm not going to get into all that. Well, let's just say that we are both like, Looking back at that, that it felt very young. It felt like mm-hmm. a young idea of what our relationships are were back then. And now looking back at that, like if I would have brought that up, he would have just like laughed and been like, work, you should have leaned into it. You should have like kissed her or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is funny because like I thought about it while I was there, mm-hmm. but it just, yeah. it wasn't that I didn't want to be like, let me lean into this for the storyline. It was more so that like I was frustrated that they needed a shtick from me rather than seeing me for my talent. But yeah. it's not a talent show. Obviously, it is a yeah. produced television show. So it was more my fault for not recognizing that role and leaning into it. Mm. But at the end of the day, I think mostly people just really enjoyed our friendship. And like from the moment that like she gave me that pep talk in the workroom and we lip synced to the Britney Spears song together, there was this obvious storyline. And um, it's not that I like wished that I had like leaned into it more I think that like um I just wish we had given we were given a little bit more opportunities to showcase that friendship that's all mm-hmm. and to this day like we're still very close and I love her very much yeah me yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh but another instance like talk, speaking of rose yeah. during the makeover challenge ugly disgusting we'll address it in a moment disgusting (laughs) we'll get to it but in the makeover challenge i feel like that's an episode where you did nothing wrong like everything you did everything you were supposed to i feel like olivia looked like denalia lux like she looked like you essentially unblended and nasty right yeah but still but an unblended nasty version of you (laughs) very very 2019 tease period but Period. But despite that, you ended up being in the bottom with yeah. your group. Yeah. How did you feel in that moment, especially given what Tina did to Rose in that challenge? <laughs> no, right. I wish I'd have been more present. And I think I would, I wish I'd have been like fought for myself just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I think I saw where the cards were and I like kind of gave in to like, I think that they're leaning into letting me go. And I'm, I wouldn't say that I was okay with it, but like, I was so just not present. I was mm-hmm. so tired at that point, And I was so floaty that the whole thing just kind of felt like, Oh, I'm going home. Okay. Just like, like a fever dream. Yeah, it really did. And I just wish that I had dug my feet in the sand just a little bit more and been like, wait a minute, Rosé looks disgusting. Mm-hmm. Why don't I say something and fight for myself and be like, I saw Tina as this like New York character with expensive clothes. And I was like, oh, she's a drag queen. Mm-hmm. And like, I didn't realize that translating that to the show as an audience member was not going to work as much. And I kind of wish that I had just been more aware of those things. I was not as big of a fan of Drag Race as I thought I was when I got on the show, if that makes <laughs> sense. I met Candy and I met people who study it like word for word, mm-hmm. who had multiple generations that had been on before them that just knew it inside and out. She was like, it's it's makeover day, girls. Like when we were arriving, she's like, there's eight of us. It's going to be makeover day probably. And we're going to have to say who goes home and why because there's eight and da da da. And I was like, how do you know all this? Like she just had it in the bag. And I wish I had just been a little bit more aware because the only thing I regret on Drag Race is not literally going when Candy barked at me for like, mm-hmm. whatever. She was like, I said she should go home. And she's like, well, you two look the ugliest or whatever. And I should have been like, well, there's two people on this stage that do not have a challenge win. And that's you and Tina Burner. And 
that's why you should go home and also look at what she did. Like, I wish you did. And I, if I just said that that aggressively, I think mm. Rue probably would have been like, actually, let's switch things up. Yeah. This is exciting. And let's not judge yeah. it in teams or something. And maybe. Like in that moment, it's like it splits the switch. It's like, we'll be judging it as individuals. Literally, because she would probably do something like that, you know, her mm. crazy ass. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, it was a weird challenge and weird day. And it's just not a great episode. And like, I just think that like they saw that I wasn't leaning into my roles and they were like, she's not really giving us anything else. It's just, she gave us four viral lip syncs. That's, that's yeah. enough. You know? <laughs> she did. She did her job. She served her purpose. Literally. And, you know, I was there to be an assassin, but like, imagine if I had made it to the end and I did those Britney Spears numbers. Mm. Because yeah, it wasn't meant to be. they could have been stronger low key. Well, let's be real. I, I wish we would have got to see you. I mean, I don't know how you would have done on the challenge, but yeah. for your alien outfit you didn't get to wear, yeah, that in the My Hums lip sync, that that lineup, period, that would have been period. Camp. Put me in the bottom. I would have jiggled those. I would oh, I would have gone in. Mm -hmm. That would have been so much fun. Yeah, there was a lot of missed opportunities. I think that they wanted Olivia to have a bit more of an arc as well, mm -hmm. and she also did not quite fit what they were looking for. So they were just kind of confused by the end. Mm -hmm. They had their top four in mind. They knew who they had wanted. There, there was maybe one more spot, but Rose killed. She killed the competition, so mm -hmm. she earned that as well. Yeah. Yeah. But damn. But damn. But it's like, Badam. whatever, the, like, oh, sashay away. But damn. But damn. But damn. Trounce? Trounce? <laughs> Question mark? Trounce? Trounce? But damn. <laughs> but it is funny how she, like, but damn. She, like, has a question with it, right? Mm -hmm. She's like, wait. But damn? Like, to but damn? Or not, not to but damn. That is a question. But like, what was it like? like just like, okay, uh, Denali, sashay away. Yeah. <clears throat> Thank you, judges. And you turn around and like, she's looking at you. And you're just like, know, like and you're like, I, you're, you're like, I'm going home on the makeover challenge. And just, I had such a low self-esteem at that point that I didn't see any of that while I was there. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, you are bad. And like, like you deserve to go home. Yeah. And then like going home. You're just back in the hotel room with like a belt. It's like shame. No, literally. Shame. I was like, I was, I was, because like that's what I was taught to do was just like mm -hmm. you deserve what you're given, yeah. and like I, and that's where your trauma came out. Period. That, that was your mom telling you you weren't good enough. <laughs> no, literally, it really was though, to be honest, mm -hmm. and it was like me just kind of being like, no, you deserve this. I couldn't see anything else. I was like, the second that I'm given a negative critique, ooh, do I internalize that so quickly, mm -hmm. way quicker than anyone giving me a compliment. Your zodiac. Aries. Mm, that's mine. Is it? I don't know. Maybe it's so, because of Mexican trauma. <laughs> <laughs> column A, little column B. It's very know? that, yeah. No, I'll, I will. As a Latina, I get it. As, you get it, right? Yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah. I think that, like, do you ever do that thing where you, like, you feel like something is wrong with, like, a piece of content, maybe? And so you will go to the depths of the comments and just scroll, 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 scroll until you find what you were looking for. No, I just read every comment as it comes, you know? Oh, really? Yeah, I like to have a temperature check. Oh, okay. I don't want any surprises on opinions. Yeah. <laughs> no, I literally will be like, yeah. I feel like my lash was wonky. Let me go, like, look for that comment that says my lash was uh -huh. wonky or something. I think I normally know what the problem is. Oh, really? Yeah, and then I delete someone else calling it out, <laughs> you know? I'm, I'm like... I'm not I'm not here to be judged. Yeah. I'm curating and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm rewriting my narrative. That's all yeah. this is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. Good for you. Mm -hmm. I'm... Literally, like, 
yeah. putting lemon into the scar and just making sure I like hate myself even more. You know, just different traumas. Different traumas, yeah. 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 <laughs> but I do wish that I had been more present and been like, look at how disgusting she looks. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's never too late. You know, we can... I think Tina's aware. Yeah. <laughs> I, the comments let her know. Yeah, at this point, comments. I think we're aware. Yeah, yeah. If there's anyone that'll make you know that you hate yourself, it's Drag Race. <laughs> but talking about uh, mentioning candy. Yeah. Was the candy Tamisha fight scarier in person? Were you there for that? Yeah, I was there. I was so there. Yeah. It was just loud. I just didn't care. I didn't know what was going on. I wasn't involved with it. Uh-huh. And again, another drag race thing that I just wasn't aware of. I was like, oh, I should be in this fight right now. Mm-hmm. This is camera time, whatever. But You're just disassociating in the I background. Was. I just, when I get into a competition setting, I like put my blinders on and I think about the competition and that's it. And that's not what you're supposed to do at drag race. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It was fine. It was just like, I was just like, why are they screaming? I actually really did expect somebody to swing. And I was like, You're come on, let's do it. it. Let's fucking do it. We we're going to win a fucking Emony. An Emony? Emony. <laughs> if we're going to win an enema. <laughs> we're going to win a coffee enema. It's going to be today <laughs> and I need someone to swing. No, I'm just like, when is someone going to like. We still haven't had a, a drag queen wait. swing on someone. I mean, Chancellor threw a drink, but yeah. it's like. I want I want things to be thrown. But your season actually was a groundbreaking season. Yeah. Contestant wise. Yeah. Because your season had the very first openly gay contestant, Joey J. God, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How did it feel being part of such a historical moment in Drag Race? So great. You know, Josephina Jackson, as I call her, she is a true trailblazer, a gag hire, if we will. And She's a diversity hire. She was our first, she was our gag hire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, she is I don't know. You know, Joey is just like the sweetest, just airiest person. Sometimes I'm like, I wish I could just live in your brain because it's just so carefree and joyous. Um, (laughs) But Joey was lovely. And I also don't really believe that she was deserved to be in the bottom when she was for her. I thought you were about to say you don't believe she was actually gay. Oh, (laughs) well. She's just doing it for the bit. No, Joey's like the f***iest I've ever met in my life. <laughs> She's literally like, hey girl, every time I see her. I want to do a photo shoot with her where I have an outfit. Like the one that she has that says gay on it. Yeah. I'm going to get one that says ally and we just like pose together. Valentina, say ally. Ally. <laughs> you are very Valentina today. I, I get that all the time. Wow. I get Yo that all gusto. the time. I felicidades on Drag Race Mexico. Seaway? Question mark? Seaway? Can you say way? Yeah. You are Latina. Wow. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) But Godmake was also there. Yeah. What was it? What was it like for you, like sitting there and getting to meet some of the contestants for the first time? And in walks this queen, full white face, very Dragula tease. What was going in your head? I had heard that Gottmik was on our season like two days before I left. And I was like, You knew of her beforehand. Yeah. I had followed her and, you know, an incredible makeup artist, obviously like super influential in the LA scene. And um, <clears throat> when I found out that they were on our season, I was like, oh, top four, work. Okay, period. Just because, you know, I knew, like, the talent and just who they were. And, like, obviously, like, that was such a... It was such an important time, I think, to highlight, like, finally we're getting some, like, trans contestants on the show. And, like, he just... He just did so good. Like, he's truly one of the best drag artists that I know. Um, performers? <laughs> We're all walking around paths, you know. Questionable, but yeah, honestly, doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that nobody has touched Gottmik's fashion game on Drag Race since mm-hmm. our season. Like, th- that finale was fucked up. Are you kidding me? 
the rib cage that I, the rib cage dress is like one of my favorite outfits of, of all ever, time ever of even all outside of drag time just... literally it was amazing that was a diego montoya i can't even imagine yeah. what that cost i still don't know to this day yeah, my compliments to the chef period yeah it was impeccably done like truly so amazing and what was really cool is that was based on like a fan drawing like to to bring a fan drawing to life i think is really difficult oh, as a designer yeah and you know like structurally and everything mm -hmm. like that to make it work and like Diego is so talented. Like that was so amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was. It was actually an honor to be on cast with Gutmic. Like truly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what were some things on the show that we didn't get to see that you hoped we did? Because I know, like during mm -hmm. the Rusical, you did a back handspring. And we didn't get to see yeah. that because the camera panned around the. the yeah, Misha, Misha was like, "Your tuck popped out," and so we couldn't like go to it. And I kind of was like. Okay. But honestly, I was in like the- we've never seen gratuitous bulge. Right. I know. And then the pit crew comes out. Literally. I know. No. Like dirty ass feet. I think that they were trying to save me thinking like, oh, this looks bad because you were in the top. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure that like, which I kind of appreciated because if it did look bad, I like didn't really want it to be highlighted. But yeah, I did a back handspring and I was like, okay, well, that's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but- I was in the top, so I didn't even yeah. care anyways. But was there anything outside of that that you're like, damn, I wish they would have showed that? Uh, well, obviously, there's a conversation that after I did Pure Love, RuPaul comes into the workroom the next day to do walk-arounds, and she stops me, and she's like, your ass is amazing. And she talks about my ass for, like, a good, like, 10 minutes. <laughs> your ass oh was, God. like, her, the Georges <laughs> of season 13. It was like, that was... <laughs> yes, my ass was the Georges of season 13. Um, she was obsessed. Mm -hmm. But not enough to keep me as long as Georges. But well, she wanted to see you sashay. Yeah, exactly. She <laughs> the, wanted to see me walk, walk away in like Olivia's gown. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, <laughs> she complimented my ass. She like really loved it. And that's why I like set up like a, I set up like photo shoots that highlighted my ass. It was the first time that I was like, okay, I'm the ass girl. And I'm going to like mm -hmm. market myself as the ass queen now. And it was, uh, yeah, it was a fun conversation. And it was something I was proud of because I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I do got a little GameStop booty. <laughs> but um, yeah, I did like a whole photo shoot for us, like the Coppertone girl, and then like nothing aired. So I was like, I guess I'll just drop this nude anyways. And mm -hmm. now I'm naked all the time. So yeah. I love it. I mean, if you're good at something, don't do it for free, you know? Period. Yeah. If you're good at something, wear a suit. Wear a suit. <laughs> if you want to make money, wear, wear a, a suit. suit. Trans. <laughs> <laughs> So lip syncing like in bars and venues, mm -hmm. lip syncing on ice, yeah. on a rock climbing wall. What is like one of the most interesting, weird places you've ever performed? You are so researched. I love it. I, um, I lip synced in a bakery in Minneapolis one time. A bakery. It was awful. This was after Drag Race 2. Okay. They paid like a regular bookings fee for me to come in, do two shows. I did two performances only. So and, kind of like a like a brunch, but it was in a bakery. Yeah, or? and it was it was like there was literally like croissants. Huh. <laughs> it was the oh. weirdest gig ever. I was literally cartwheeling next to like, like some guy like rolling dough and shit. It was the strangest <laughs> thing, but it was post pandemic, so everyone was trying to figure their shit out, and like not mm. a lot of venues were open, so they're like, "Hey, how about yeah. the bakery?" It was it was a lawless time. Like it was a literal lawless yeah, time. Yeah, 2020 to 2022, that whole like two year period. Yeah, was everyone just, was like, "What if we?" Yeah. Well, Chicago is very this too. They'll just throw a show anywhere. Mm -hmm. They're like, "What if we do?" They have a there's a really popular show in Chicago. It's drag on the beach, and they literally just do like the craziest numbers on the beach. There was one queen. 
who I think it was, I think it was uh, Dairy Queen is her name. And she did, um, you know, the parent trap when what's her name is on the mattress on the water. And she's like, she's just woken up. Mm-hmm. Um, she like reenacted that whole scene. It's hilarious. But yeah, I've done, I've done a performance in a bakery. I, once I did a college show on grass and it sounds like, oh, that's not that bad. But mm-hmm. like heels on grass is fucked up. I saw a video of like Simone doing a performance in stiletto heels, like on the grass in a park. Shut up. I was like, y'all paid all this money to have, she was when she was the reigning still. That's like, so humbling. Paid all this money to have the reigning queen come out and oh, perform grass. in a, one of her expensive ass yeah. gowns. And ruin those, I know they're Louboutins or something. Yeah. On fucking grass. <laughs> That's like moments like that where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm not an actual celebrity. No, they're same. They're me to perform on grass. No, literally same, yeah. which is kind of nice. It's kind of yeah. humbling. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm just a lowly old Trons. Yeah. <laughs> just, I'm just a lowly Trons. Nothing but big dreams and pocket change. <laughs> just trying to make it in the big world. Big dreams and progesterone. Yeah. <laughs> but performing in Chicago, mm. prior to that, I mean, obviously you lived in Alaska, yeah. Texas. Yeah. Korea, yeah, Utah, yeah. all these different places. Why was Chicago the scene you wanted to settle? You're like, this is where I'm going to hit drag. My heart just really called me to it. Um, at the time, it was like season eight. And so it was like peak drag race heat. And like my favorite queens were all from Chicago, like Kim, Pearl, um, uh, Trixie, Shay. Uh, they were the Neverland girls. Ooh, redacted. It was a very <laughs> weird uh, production company and they uh, managed a lot of those girls. Uh, Pearl, um, Valentine Adams, just this really cool crew that I like really wanted to aspire to be. Um, and so I just, I went right to it and I like went to their home bars and I studied mm-hmm. the drag and I got in with a lot of their kind of like daughters and you know, I, I made friends with a lot of uh, like the Kool-Aid sisters and um, that's when like all of it just kind of started and yeah, I just, Chicago was great because I was so desperately seeking queer community. And that's exactly what Chicago is about. It's just, yeah. it's just like community. It's a community-based art. And now it's a capitalistic brand. Yeah, Salt Lake City isn't exactly the most bustling Yeah, place I wouldn't for, say. For no, just yeah. a lot of mo's. There's <laughs> a lot of momos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, a lot of sounding, you know. You know what sounding is? Yes, when you put like the rod in, right? No. Wait, what? What are you talking about? Wait. Wait, you're right. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm thinking I'm of you are right. That was a test. Congrats. You're out. you're Latina. This is a grand pacer test. <laughs> no, what is it where you're like you're Mormon and you can't f- so like Oh, that's uh, soaking. 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 Shit. I got it wrong. Yeah. Sounding. You're like, yeah, is that where you put the rod? <laughs> yeah, I was kind of confused you brought it up cuz I was like, I don't think Mormons do that. You put but... the rod where? Huh? Where do you put the rod? In the pee hole. There you go. Yeah. In your urethra. Yeah. <laughs> the rod goes in the pee hole. <laughs> the rod goes in the pee hole. It crawls. I love it. <laughs> but also in Chicago is where you met up with like your new drag race sister, Willow yeah. Hill. Mm. And as someone, or did you meet her before that? No, it was in Chicago. In I was Chicago. just going like, mm, I love her. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I, I was like, I said, did I get something wrong? No, 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 no. Because if I do, I have to edit it out. No. I, have, I have a brand now. I love so. Willow. Yeah, you got to uphold your brand, baby. Yeah, wear a suit. Cr- created a Wear a suit. <laughs> created a brand for myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but Willow Pill, so as someone who yeah, makes snap yeah. judgments about people, mm-hmm. you and Willow Pill is not a duo I would no. like put together. Yeah. How did you guys like get on so well? A lot of people didn't expect that, but yeah. Well, when I think of you, it's like, oh, the ice skater, professionalism, mm-hmm. hardworking. When I think of Willow, it's 
baggy t-shirts. Lazy. Doing mushrooms in the disabled. woods. Disabled. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was like, does Denali push the wheelchair? How does this work? <laughs> oh my God. No, I, I do end up doing a lot for her. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I love her so much. She... She just um, loves your dexterity. Just she just loves the fact yeah. that I can do things for her. No, um, I don't know. It was an odd pair. When she she would come up to Chicago a lot from Denver, and she would come to my club specifically, Berlin. And Berlin attracts a lot of like subversive weirdos. And I think that that's all it really was was just like this kind of like love for like subversive, dumb, stupid, fun drag. She keeps the fun of drag alive. And I think that that's why we like each other is because we always try and like feed off of that fun because mm. it's just so easy to be like, I'm from New York and I'm going to make it big and I'm a big star. And you're just like, fuck you. We're just trying to like cross dress and have a good time. <laughs> you know, the first time I ever saw Willow perform, she was doing an Annie number in a slingshot. Like, it was incredible. And I was like, this, I need to be friends with this person. Mm. We were mostly online friends. And I really liked her online presence. I thought she was hilarious. She's still really good at it. I, I just love that you're like, I was just drawn to her because she didn't take herself seriously with like her drag. And then you have like full produced music videos and like. Yeah, literally. Like your drag. Yeah. yeah, I know. Because I kind of take my drag seriously. But I, I like, think. She's like your anchor. You I know? think so. She keeps me grounded because she's like, girl, why are you doing all of that? Like, we're all just like trying to have a good time. I don't know. Like, I just like seeing people have fun with drag because it is easy to get caught up with things. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I love that girl to death. She is just. I don't know. I just like her. No. You, you've worn many hats. You have many accomplishments. What do you think you'd be doing today if like, you never got the call for Drag Race? Mm. Like, where would you be at in one of your careers? Uh, I probably would have drank the Cirque du Soleil Kool-Aid and gone back to the show even though I was fired. Um, Disney on ice. What'd you get fired for? Cocaine. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. No, you can talk about it. Oh, I left it out. Do you want to? Yeah, if you want to. Oh, we can I get it care. To yeah, it's yeah. whatever. So yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, you were like arrested for a while because yeah. when you were on Cirque du Soleil, you were yeah. arrested for coke possession. Yeah, you said, yeah, that. Yeah, was that like? Is that was that like the first time you like lost like an opportunity yeah. like that? Yeah, at first I was like devastated. I was like 24, 25. You know, I was transitioning from professional skating, and I didn't know what I wanted to do in my life. I was transitioning. <laughs> and I, um, you know, I was part of the biggest opportunity in my life. I was working with Cirque du Soleil on their first ever skating production. There were Olympians to my side. You know, I was like a very, I, I was an acrobat, you know, so I get why they hired me. But at the same time, I was like, I was just gagged by the whole experience. But I was super unhappy. It was nothing but straight people. And on this cast, and I was... On Cirque du Soleil? Yeah, right? Shocking. There was three Ice days. skating Cirque du Soleil? Three of us. There was only three of us. Oh. It was crazy. And we were all just like the flamers. But it was... I was so starved for queer community at that time. And I didn't realize how desperate I, I needed it until I got there. And we did this like really grueling three-month install where they like train you for a bunch of things. You're juggling. You're doing hockey. You're going on ramps. You're doing all this crazy shit. And... You know, it's a huge install. It was their first ever time doing this show. And I just felt myself like sinking and like feeling not myself. I was getting, I felt so small. Um, and they didn't even end up using us for a lot of our talents. We were just there to kind of like push objects in the show. Mm -hmm. It was so frustrating. It's so like a glorified stagehand. Yeah, exactly. And I was, we had signed for a two year contract with this show, mm -hmm. the longest contract I'd ever signed for. Usually it's like seven or eight months for cruise ships, which is still very long. But we did two whole years. It was going to be two years of my mid-20s. And I was just like, 
I don't know if I can do this. And so I started to develop some bad habits and the circus is riddled with drugs. It's like- I was gonna say, I imagine like a lot of people in entertainment in general- Mama, yeah, it's rampant, so but... accessible, but the circus is even crazier. You think about personalities of people mm -hmm. that are like, yeah, I don't mind jumping off that pole and just like diving <laughs> head first into ice. I could do that. Those are drug addicts, mama. <laughs> like those are people that don't mind being like, Sure, I'll try LSD laced with black tar heroin. Why not? Mm -hmm. You know, like, I, I and it, it was so accessible and I was just really unhappy. So I started to, I wouldn't say use, I would say recreationally play with. And um, you're, you're in a Cirque show yeah. and it's, you know, you're not like a huge name, like on a marquee or something. Yeah. So the fact that you got arrested for something that a lot of people are probably partaking in. Bitch. Why, why do you think, you, do you think you were let go for other reasons? Or do you think- It's so funny you say that because I had thought that so much when I was there and it was a huge reason to why I was like, this was meant to happen. I was not supposed to be here mm -hmm. because nobody on that production staff, nobody in the crew, nobody in the cast, no one fought for me. I was the first person to make a mistake on that experience. And I was the first person to be, let this be an example to the rest of you. Don't be doing drugs on our da 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 when everybody was doing it on the cast. It was so sad. And I was I was like, nobody's gonna say anything. Nobody's gonna step up and be like, mm -hmm. I was also fucking around, nobody. And it was just a bunch of straight people that were like, we can let the like little queer stage hand go. We don't we don't need her. It was really sad and it really broke my heart. And I was I was honestly devastated. I was really, really, really depressed. And my boyfriend, thank God he was there. He pulled me out of that so much. Rose. I'm so yeah, right. <laughs> no, my actual real life boyfriend. Um, I was so grateful for him being there because uh, I was like at the lowest point of my life. I was mm -hmm. like, oh my God, I just lost this huge opportunity. But I think that's what the kick in the ass was to be like, what do I need to do in my life that makes me actually happy? And how do I find community that's actually going to support me? And that's where drag came in. So mm -hmm. I think if I hadn't have done all of that, and if that I hadn't have been fired, I would not have made it on Drag Race. And I wouldn't have had the motivation like, to like make my life better. It's like one of the most like devastating career loss, opportunities lost, mm -hmm. but it ended up being like the putting you on a different Literally. correct path. It's like the speech I give at all of the colleges. I'm mm -hmm. always like divine timing, wait for your thing. If something terrible is happening in your life now, it's because another door is opening, blah, blah, blah. But like it truly has meant something for me in my life with that. Mm -hmm. And I'm Really grateful that I did cocaine that one day in San Antonio. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to San Antonio. I'll see you in a few weeks. They're still booking me. Yeah. <laughs> but even despite being a crack core, you've also developed a really amazing social media presence. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. I would say that you did have a really good looking mugshot. Like it was a solid mugshot. Oh my God. Yeah. I was so skinny. My jawline is like fierce. I look scared out of my mind. Yeah. They gave yeah go look it up. Actually you... put it right here. It's so yeah, gorgeous. Little... I was like. They gave you some decent lighting. No, it was fierce. I wish that I had known it was going to be that fierce because I would have like literally been like, new promo just dropped. Pulled back. Yeah. New trials. Yeah. <laughs> no fierce. But, but you do have, you did build a really uh, great like social media presence after the show, almost like rewriting the narrative, mm. telling people what what you want to show, what you mm -hmm. didn't get to show. Yeah. Even though you don't upload videos very often, yeah. the videos you do upload get hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of views. Yes. What do you think you did so right about social media that other drag race girls? don't. I don't know. I think I just showcased like something different. People hadn't seen a skater before. We hadn't mm -hmm. seen people collaborating with different sports and things like that. You know, you get drag queens that are either like failed Broadway stars or failed actresses or failed this or that. And no one had seen like a failed athlete. So mm -hmm. I wanted to like put that into my brand a lot <laughs> and like showcase what I could do. Um, 
And, you know, I couldn't do that on the show because there wasn't an ice rink available. So I was like, let me show you, like, why they call me the ice queen. That was, like, my thing. And so I wanted to showcase a lot. And I was already doing that prior to doing Drag Race. I, I did a lot of, like, boy choreography ice skating videos mm -hmm. that kind of popped off in the ice skating world. So blending that into the drag for the mainstream audience was, like, easy. I already had the videographer. I already had the people. I already had the ice time, everything like that. It was... Mm -hmm. It was easy and just showcasing something unique. And anytime girls ask me, like, how do I get on the show? I'm like, just be different because mm -hmm. there's so many of the same drag queens nowadays. Like, you have to stand out somehow. And yeah. now being able to collaborate to do with something other... original, like being the second ice skating queen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or just like a cisgendered straight man. Try that. Hey, no one, no one else had been the factory default yet. So, you know, no one had to. Let's fucking go. That's how I signed off my audition tape. <laughs> Honestly? I like so RuPaul. Let's, let's fucking go. Wait, I love <laughs> That's that. what RuPaul said when he called me. Really? Yeah, yeah. No. Maddie Morphosis. Maddie? Let's fucking, let's fucking go. go. Yeah. Come to my ranch. Come track with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. No. Um yeah, I just I love um making content. I'm I haven't been the best with it now. I need to be uploading more. I think when I was it was pandemic time, so I had a lot of time to make a lot of content mm -hmm. and now the real world bookings have taken over my life and I'm very grateful to be working and traveling and everything like that. But during the down season is when I tend to make more content. Yeah. So I promise I'll do some more in the winter and spring. I promise. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm not doing all these bookings all the time. I'm too busy with my YouTube channel. Yeah, right. You're too just busy. Like so unbooked. I don't have time to be booked all over the place. Yeah. I'm too busy at home. Um, <laughs> but of all the things that you've done so far, what's been your proudest accomplishment? Oh my God, that's such a great question. Um, probably the Chicago Drag Excellence video. I really loved producing that just as a like thank you to Chicago for like getting me to where I was at that point. And it was just like I missed all of those girls. So being able to like do that and like start that trend was really fun. There was like Drag Excellence videos popping up everywhere and it was really sweet. I will say my lip sync is still my proudest moment from Drag Race just because that is why I wanted to go there. I wanted to be in the bottom. I wanted to showcase my skills. And two years later, I'm doing that lip sync in like Japan mm. and like South America, Australia, like everywhere. It's so cool that like something that I really love to do is like able to be, you know, done everywhere or whatever. But like, yeah, I guess I guess those things and uh, and just maintaining like a good fucking work-life balance. All my life, I was like tiger mom, capitalism, go crazy. I think like now, now you're actually enjoying the ride. Now I'm enjoying the ride. I love my home, my boyfriend, my city, my friends, my dog. Like, mm -hmm. and I also love drag. So I think. And you finally have that queer family you've been yearning for. Yeah, oh my god, this is such a heartwarming. Your episode. Disney Channel ending. And this is where I come out as Tron. <laughs> I give it to me straight. He's just like one degree to the left. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just like whatever. He said, guys. I'm tall too. Uh, I, well, uh, come on. You see people like Bosco and I'm like, damn, I could be that. That's fucking <laughs> will gorgeous. Never be that. No, never. You'll never be literally that. Literally never. Did you see that video of her from Work the World? I was like, what the fuck? I know. How do you and literally look got, like that? She got her tits done. She's going to be unstoppable. She's already unstoppable. I know. I'm it's... obsessed with her. Yeah. Last question. Yeah. What do you think is the biggest misconception people have about you? Because mm, again, like question. I said, snap judgment earlier. It's like, you're not the, exactly the person that I assumed you would be yeah. knowing everything about you. Oh, really? Uh, so what do you think is something other people probably assume about you that's incorrect? What is the person you assumed that I was? Well, again, be? I think ice skater, I think very buttoned up, professionalism. Yeah. I assume a very serious person. Yeah. 
But like getting to know you and doing research about you, you're I'm a very, goofy girl. Yeah, you're quirky. I'm yeah. just like crazy. Yeah, I'm you're so like, random. Yeah, I'm so crazy. Yeah, no, but you're a lot more like a uh, very flazy doll than people yeah. would expect. Yeah, it's just not not the person I would imagine. I used to be like that. I've done the work, I think, to kind of deconstruct a lot of that like therapy. trauma, therapy. literally, because <laughs> like I'm a goofy girl, down out, like yeah. down, whatever it's called, like at heart. But I don't know. I. Uh, I think the biggest misconception is that maybe, um, yeah, that maybe I'm this like hyper competitive like skater queen and da 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 da. But like, um, I did a lot of lives during my season because I was we were bored to be honest. We were just mm-hmm. in our houses watching. Bored in the house. And I want bored. yeah exactly. I wanted to interact with my audience, and that's where a lot of people were like, oh, this is just some like like weed whore that like gets on live and like like makes up songs on her ukulele and is just an idiot and I guess that I guess it's that but I think people do now know that I like don't take anything seriously and I don't Mm. give a fuck I just like really just want to have a good time and you know I'm at this place in my life where I'm like really just enjoying everything that I have and just feeling very grateful so Mm. that's that's really it you did the hardcore competitive craziness and now you're just like that enjoying the ride and just yeah And I think that I could mirror that on Drag Race. I went in with this attitude of being very intense and competitive. Mm -hmm. And now I know myself so much more. I'm, like, so much more confident in who I am. And because of that, I'm able to, like, give no fucks at all. Yeah. So if I were ever to go back, I would literally just kind of literally, like, Mm -hmm. just... Would you go back? Would I go back, Madeline? (laughs) Would I? (laughs) Yes, I would fucking go back, but mm. whenever I feel like it, whenever things feel like they're figured out, you know, because, like, Drag Race is, there's just so much of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, going back isn't the same investment that it used to be. Mm-hmm. So I would go back if I really felt like, okay, yeah, like, this will be a good experience and it'll be fun. Or and your, your star has started to fade. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, hasn't happened anytime soon. No, <laughs> I don't know. I would just go back to literally enjoy myself and have a good time. And I think that that's what I didn't really do the first time. I would just want to fuck around and be, like, dumb and, I don't know. Yeah. Just yeah. have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Just, like, have a trans all time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, unfortunately, that is the last of my cards and the last uh, bit of time that we have before we rush you off to your gig. Thank you guys so much for watching this episode. Where can people find you? What do you have coming up? Any like tours, shows, social media stuff you want people to check out? Um, yes, I am found online at Denali Fox on all handles except for Twitter. There's only one X because I got a DMCA for something a long time ago. Oh. I don't know, some Sierra video or something. But uh, yeah, what do I have coming up? So it's June. It's Pride Month. I'm almost done. This is the last Pride weekend. I'm taking July off for my mental health. I'm going to Beyonce at the end of the month. And then August, I have a tour in South America. I'm going to be in Rio, Sao Paulo, and Santiago, Chile. And then um, September, I will be um, doing an ITD tour, a comedy tour. A comedy tour. I'm a fucking comedy queen oh in gosh. Australia. The um, trauma can come through trauma. Uh, oh my God, that's what I should do. I just should do like a whole like trauma set. That'll be fun. Mm-hmm. It's just therapy. Literally just, just me crying and just like screaming. Yeah. Have you seen that TikTok of that girl that's like, I'm going through one of the most traumatic breakups of my life and she's just like vibrating. No. I love not. when people like turn on a camera and then just like, cry for the camera. Like, that's Trisha hilarious. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah, so that's what I'm doing in September. 
And then, yeah, gigs for the winter. And then whoever knows what's going to happen. I might go to uh, Dra uh, DragCon UK. Are you going to do that in January, maybe? Uh, they pay for it. Period, right? I know. <laughs> yeah, very Flights are expensive. They're so expensive. Yeah. But I miss my UK fans, and I promised them I'd be back soon. So I might go. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. See in the air. Yeah. But yeah, and, until then, catch her shows and catch us right here on YouTube. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. You don't have to do all that. But if you do, please subscribe. Yeah, support Latinas. Yeah. <laughs> get the numbers up because the numbers is the validation I didn't get from my parents growing up. So I get it from you, the audience. Period. Honestly, but, same. But yeah, thank you guys so much for watching. Join us next time whenever we have somebody else. <laughs> and yeah, until then. Bye, guys. Bye. Give It To Me Straight is brought to you by Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom. Hosted, produced, and edited by me, Maddie Morphosis. With audio editor, Marco Padilla. And executive produced by Willem Belly, Alaska Thunderfuck, Big Dipper, and Joe Cilio. M. Oh. M. Mom!